Another world record was set this week, boys. I know it's invigorating. We're talking golf, but this isn't one of them. I know you got it, Christian. I can see by the look on your face. You're wondering, Alan, what pearls of wisdom am I going to drop on you this time? You ready for this? I'm ready. Joey Chestnut. Nathan's hot dog eating championship. What was it? 76? 76. World record? 76. The fact that dude is not 400 pounds is astonishing to me. That dude must have legitimately 10 stomachs. I mean, he it it's insane. Like he just looks like he's suffering and he's just swallowing these things whole. Okay. It's disgusting. I'm sorry. I it mean, oh, it is disgusting. I, I have been to Coney Island. I have been to the famous Nathan's hot dog stand there. I've had a Nathan's hot dog from there. 76 of them in 10 minutes is insane. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. It's gross. I don't I get think sick I've looking 76 at hot dogs in the last like 40 years. And this dude does it yearly. Like it's no problem. I mean, this is just disgusting is a good, is a good word for it. I mean, really speaking, because, it's just it, too much. No, I, 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 and I, I, I had to start the show by going there because I mean, you can't have just have celebrated Independence Day without another famous Independence Day tradition. Nothing spells America like eating hot dogs on the 4th of July. So, absolutely, I mean, it's got to be see, right. now. You see the connection where, where, where I started the show. I, I do see the connection. I will say that I have felt it on a personal level once before. And that was my graduation luncheon, if you want to call it that, where Tyler proceeds to just pound like seven plates of pasta and pounds. I mean, these things you're, were a you're, pound you're talking about Tyler. You're talking about brother Tyler, who yes, has made an yes, occasional yes. appearance yes. On, on the show. And uh, Christian, you were not actually at Chefs in, Bu- in Buffalo, which, by the way, shout out to Chefs. Amazing, shout out to Chefs is right. Yes. Amazing food. So if you're in oh, Buffalo yeah. and you want some great food, Chefs. Okay, Tyler sits down, and not only does he polish off his meal, he starts going around the table. You gonna finish that? <laughs> you gonna finish that? I think he must have eaten four meals that night. Or that he legitimately nice. finished like four or five. Of them. I mean, it was to the point that you had to ask yourself, like Tyler, what are you doing? Like this, he is our Joey Chestnut. He is our Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Maybe we need to have him on just to break down the Joey the Joey Chestnut uh, feet. You know, from from for the I think he, I think he should challenge Joey Chestnut. Can you see him with like the Madden diagram? You, you'll see the chest, the hot dog, and he wets the moat roll. And the question <laughs> is, if we're, we're you, you brought up Madden, what's Joey Chestnut's got to be a ninety nine club rating? I mean, there's no other way that you can spell it, right? I I would think got to be got to fourteen time fourteen time world champion. I mean, constantly breaks his own record. I mean. Do you think Joey he Chestnut. trains? And if so, like, how, how do you train eating that many hot dogs? I what I find remarkable is some of these some of these professional eaters. They not only eat in their specialty sport, but they have other sports that they eat also. What do you mean? Like some of them are the world's Brussels sprouts, or I don't know, or uh, somebody's yeah, the barbecue. Oh, you're talking like they go from like one like chat food challenge to the next. Yeah, is that it's like a talking? tour. I've yeah. I've heard I've heard some of these places now I've not seen it myself but I've heard through like you know watching like the you know the man versus food or the other like types of shows that are like that some of these places they will not allow if they know it's a competitive eater because they know they're going to lose they won't let them compete just let them play I, yeah I agree yeah. Let, them let them play let them play you know where else they were playing where's that they were playing at the uh, the Quicken out in Detroit. They were. They were. They were. You mean the Rocket Mortgage, though? The Rocket, yeah. Oh, excuse me. The, that, that shows your age, ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever looking for an age moment on, on, on our show, that was it. Uh, don't know if it's been the, the quicken for a little bit, but um, no, we do. You are correct. Right, you, take, you, you, take, you take the lead going forward. Okay, I was going to say, before we get any further, though, folks, we are on the 19th whole podcast. Uh, you are joined, as always, by Andrew, Alan, and Christian. Uh, guys, we do have some, and I, I did post it on our social. We got a, we got a special guest on the way tonight. Uh, he'll be tuning in later, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to be joined by Ben Boudreaux, 2021 Kelly Cup champion, head coach. 
Uh, and a big time golfer, I might add. I played with him before. He's a solid player. Uh, definitely, you know, one to be on the watch out for from the amateur circuit, I'm sure. Well, and, and and I got to throw this in there because we had this little generational thing in because, as you know, we've had Father Bruce Boudreaux, NHL yeah, legendary coach. Bruce has been on the on the program previously. Now we have the son. We have you, Andrew, and me. We have this whole generational, you know, feng shui going on right now. It's, it's really kind of a father-son moment. I it really say. is. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we are also going to do a couple other things tonight. Uh, as you kind of alluded to, we are going to be doing a little bit of a wrap-up, uh, as well as a look ahead on the PGA Tour. And then we're going to talk from the gallery. Uh, I know we brought this up, or inside the ropes, uh, as we like to call it here. Um, but we're going to have some questions coming in from you guys, the fans, uh, that I got a couple of them. I know, Dad, you mentioned you got a few, uh, or got one. And then we can't we can't bring this up. It's it's going on right now. I'm sure if you guys don't have it on, you need to turn it on. The amount of smack talk by Phil Mickelson early on in this match, number four, between himself and Bryson DeChambeau, as well as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. It is uh, it is, is Bryson is Bryson even talking? Uh, Bryson and Aaron Rodgers have made multiple comments about does Phil ever shut the heck up? So they were on hole two when that happened. So it was when I walked in here. So. It'll be interesting. But I didn't think, Christian, I didn't think Bryson talked anymore. He's talking to Brooksy a lot nowadays. That's all I got to say. This is true. This is true. But uh, anyway, I, I, ref, I referenced uh, uh, Bryson's um, turbulent week last week at the Rocket Mortgage, thank you. where he uh, lost his caddy on Thursday or Wednesday night, apparently, or Thursday morning. And then proceeded to miss the cut and wouldn't not talk to the press, and he was the defending champ. Not a not a good week, not a, not good, a good look. Not. I don't think for Bryson. Not a good look at all. Um, I can't remember who was talking about it, but they mentioned the comment about how DJ very early on his manager came out and said like he had a few bad weeks and there was times that he did not want to go talk to him, but they said no, you have to go talk. It's it's part of the deal. You gotta just bear through it and go through it and come out on the other side. And I don't think that was a good look for the rocket mortgage, uh, you know, brand ambassador, just being honest, especially being the defendant champ. Um, but Hey, I mean, that's, those are the breaks. Unfortunately, those are the rules of the game that he, uh, you know, he didn't follow typically. And so. Christian, what do you, what do you think about the other news? Similar talking about the press. I'm making a segue there. Um, Phil, I mean, Phil fought back. Little little hit article was written about him, and Phil didn't waste any time going to Twitter and ripping him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when you uh, when 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 you, when you crap talk Phil Mickelson, you're going to get it back. Obviously, Phil is one of the best trash talkers on the on the planet, and uh, you know, again, if you if you should talk Phil Mickelson, you're gonna you're gonna get some shit talking back. Obviously, one on one. I mean, no offense, the guy deserved it. He said his piece. Phil responded to it. And, you know, people in Detroit want him to come back, obviously. I don't think Phil will come back, probably, but who knows? I mean, whenever you get somebody like Phil Mickelson to come to an event, obviously he's going to bring in huge revenue. He's going to bring in a lot of crowds, and he's going to bring in a lot of excitement. And, you know, again, if you want to say your piece, go for it, you know. Um, I don't know. I I'm on Team Phil for that one. I'm on team Phil as always being a lefty for a lefty's sake, but I think I thought it was even funnier. Someone was already signing a petition to try to get him to come back next year, um, which was pretty hilarious if I do say so myself. Um, but Rocket Mortgage, I'll tell you this much. There's a couple of tournaments in my mind, and I'm curious what you guys think uh, of this topic, but I, I was reading an article and it said some of the, the, the stops along the way, they're starting to become bigger and bigger name. Travelers being one of them. I think everybody is starting to come through with the travelers and, and how big that travelers and how much of an impact the travelers can bring. I mean, I know we brought it up last show a little bit that, you know, there's never a dull moment coming down there, but then now the rocket mortgage is kind of setting up that way. Um, it'll be a testament to see if it continues to be that kind of way. Um, you know, but then you also got ones, I'm just throwing some other ones. Like we talked about the Zurich and, and John Deere. There's a couple other tournaments that are starting to be a little bit, become a little bit bigger that I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. I, I have thoughts. You have thoughts. Okay. I have thoughts. So From the generation to generation. 
now and it is a little bit of generation comment so you take the john deere john deere and, and all these will say and forgive me folks for in those particular cities they're second tier compared to some of the the, the bay hills and the bigger but the, the bigger events that are out there and those used to be the proving grounds i believe bryson's first win was the john deere ever on tour so you thinking of bryson or you thinking of jordan Oh, I'm sorry, Jordan, maybe. Jordan, maybe Jordan, Jordan won it in 2015. Maybe it was Jordan. Okay. okay. So anyway, those those guys that are coming up, those are their opportunities because the way the tour is made, their pecking order, being able to win, they can get into the, into the fields. Those are the opportunities for those guys to get in and, and win. Look at, the, look at the victory. We haven't even talked about who won last week yet. We need to do that. But this goes back to something Christian's been saying all along, which is the tour is in such a great place right now. Why are you seeing these bigger names in these at these secondary markets? Because the tour is so deep that the guys that are that are actually now going to the secondary markets are stars. They're they're star players because of the depth of the tour. That's my analogy. Now, that's, my, that's my analysis. Let me ask you this because you you brought up a good point. And almost, and again, nothing to take away from these venues that are, you know, and let's be honest, the second tier at this point, uh, hopefully they get to, they all get to be, you know, first tier eventually. Um, but you hear a guy like Kevin Kisner who talks about, oh, I can cash at 25 or I can cash at five. It really doesn't make a difference. Do you think that guys like that are also thinking about it from a standpoint of, hey, maybe I can't cash at some of these big ones. So I go to these second tier ones so I can cash and make my money from year to year. And that's how these tournaments are starting to, to be filled. They're, they're, they, they keep their tour card. I mean, you win a wins a win to keep your tour card and, and earn money, earn money and be in the, in the, uh, inside the, uh, uh the top of 125. So Christian, I can see you're sitting over there baiting, ready to speak, speak. At your will. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like I've said it all along, like you just alluded to, towards in a phenomenal spot, you know? I mean, uh, you could have a guy come in there who is just coming off the mini tour and have one great, amazing week, and next thing you know, he's got a job for the next year, two years, you know, whatever it is, and he makes more money in one event than he has probably ever on the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, it just – you don't know who's going to win every week. It's not like tennis or baseball when you have a pretty good gist of who's going to go to the finals or basketball, whatever it is, right? You know, when you like in basketball, you know, the Lakers are going to probably go to the final four or the finals nine out of 10 times. Right. They got LeBron James. Okay, whatever. Okay, with golf, you know, the top players in the world, John Rahm, DJ, Rory, it's not a given that they that they win a major. No, it's it's awesome when the top players in the world are playing in a major or or a regular tour event. But it's not a given that they that they win. I mean, I think it goes to show you. To your point, one of the Corn Ferry guys that I'm trying to find it on the on the leaderboard here, I can't remember his name. He 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 finished really strong this week at Detroit yeah. uh, Detroit Golf Club. I mean, he probably about? made more he probably made more at the Rocket Mortgage than he did in his entire career earnings on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. Right, you know, and that just goes to show you that like these guys. Oh, I don't know. Your your dad was looking who, it up. Who are you talking about? You talking about? Are you talking about the winner like Davis? Or are you talking about the no, no, no. Uh, there was no, 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 no. He finished. I'm, I'm trying to find find him. He, there was a, there was a guy I saw. I saw the Corn Ferry actually tweeted that earlier, and I, I I didn't recognize the name. But I mean, let's give a shout out first to Cam Davis and, and Joaquin Neiman and Troy Merritt. I mean, those guys played some really good golf this week, and Ricky Fowler played some great golf. Except for the worm burner that actually turned out to be incredible. I mean, that worm was probably 52 from the flag. <laughs> the only thing I could think of, and it's so funny that we're playing at the same course in a couple of weeks at the, again, shout out to Cadence Corner um, charitable tournament that we're going to be at teeing it up in. Um, but all I can think of whenever I see someone worm burn it is the, uh, is the one member that would hit it. At least once a hole, right? Worm burn it, but he did worm burn it like 200 yards right up the worm middle burner. every single time. And it became just the running joke of like, when's it going to happen? It's going to happen eventually. When's it going to happen? So uh, it's just, it, you know, it, a lot of the guys played really, really well. I, I think what was cool, in my opinion, I really was actually hoping for this. Um, Bubba Watson surprised yeah. me. 
And I think uh, Bubba Watson, 64. Bubba Watson, if if I'm being honest with you guys, I don't know if he's going to be my ultimate like pickums for the open. But this dude is somebody that has a dark horse pick would be someone to watch out for because you take out the blow up on the back nine on Sunday at Travelers. He's right there. He comes out of nowhere and does it again this week. He's playing pretty good golf right now. He's he's playing very, very solid all the way through his bag. And that's that's something that we've seen him struggle in one aspect of his game or another the last year or so. And, and it's 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 refreshing to see him coming back. Let's put it that way. No, I agree. I think I, I think right now, and mine is Bryson. I mean, walking around a golf course, who's more entertaining to watch than Bubba? Other than maybe yeah, I mean, think, again, think Bryson or Phil, like the, the I'm, big... I'm talking shot shapes. I'm talking yeah. just everything in general. I mean, who's more fun to watch hit a golf ball than Bryson right now? Not many. Uh, Not many. I can't think of another person. I mean, Bubba can't hit a straight ball. No. I mean, he can obviously, but I mean, he chooses, does he do it? Too. No. Hey, that's better, the only guy that I know than on, anybody out there, right? Yeah, exactly. He's the only guy true. I know on tour that can blast at 350 yards with a with a 40 yard cut. True. Very, very true. You know what um, I mean? And it's just it's, it's fun to watch. Very, very true. Well, listen. Obviously, they they did play really well. Again, shout out to Cam Davis, uh, getting the job done. Obviously, they're playing at the John Deere this week. Uh, looking forward to obviously seeing that. We did allude to this earlier. I am going to take the lead on this since we, we've we've seen that your age is starting to catch up with you on your show note skills there, Dad. Um, we're going to go a little bit of inside the ropes questionnaire, and I got a few of them for you guys. So let's we'll go one at a time here so that way we can be able to kind of uh, get through this. Uh, we did get the first one here, and this is an interesting one because we've talked about there's a lot of great players in a lot of different categories. So it's going to be interesting to hear your guys' build. If you could build the perfect golfer today over five categories, who is it in each of those categories? So the five categories that were listed was clutchness and slash mind ability to play the mind game, right? Driving of the golf ball, their iron play, short game, and then putting. Is this today or is this all time? I'll give you if they're playing actively on tour or if they're injured, i.e., like Tiger Woods is technically still around. Uh, could I just say Tiger, period, and be done? That's not fun. What are you doing? Uh, I got – so, <laughs> all right, can you go through the topics again, please? Yeah, so we got clutchness or mind, okay. like the ability to like mindset. Driving, okay, of so... the go- driving of the golf ball. Tiger. Irons. Tiger. Short game and putting. Can they be on the Champions Tour? No, just Ooh. PGA Tour. Although I'll give Dad Champions Tour since Dad, they are more around your age gap. That's funny. Well, like for mental toughness, right? obviously Tiger. I mean, that's a I, given. I, 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 I had to agree. say the same thing. For for driving, I would take Bryson right now. With driving See, on the golf I, ball, I, I with how far he hits it. Actually, no, excuse me. I would take Brooks. I would take Brooks. I was going to say, I'd take Brooksy. No, no, no. Bro- I would take Brooks. No. Um, for irons, I would take Rory. Nope. I think Rory is one of the best iron players in the world. And see, I would, I, would take, I would take Rory for driving the ball. I, I think he's the best okay, driver so of the golf ball. I agree ball with you now. Rory right now, in my opinion, is the best driver of the golf ball. This is this is is my perfect person. This isn't your. This is just me. Or neither one of you said him. The other boy, and we're both wearing his hat right now. Is JT? JT is pound for pound one of the longest and straightest drivers of the golf ball, right now. Yeah, I don't know. Tiger, Brooks, Rory, short game for me. I'd say prop. Let's see here. Like, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, I'd probably say. I'd probably say JT and then putting. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go John Rahm. I think he's a clutch putter. Okay. I could, I could agree with that one. Okay, so here I, think John I, I did a now. I had I had the luxury, okay. So I, I, I did see these questions, so I have my answers. So I'll let dad I'll let you take your, your seconds to think here while I, I rattle through it. I didn't vary too too far, Christian, from yours. However, clutchness has to be Tiger. Tiger is, I mean. At one point, he was winning. I think I, the stat I saw once growing up was like 46% of the time he teed it up. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Um, driving, again, I am either on Rory's fence or I'm on the JT fence. Right now, 
personally, Rory's accuracy is a little bit waning that I lean more JT. Um, iron play, neither one of you said him. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa is literally yeah. hits bullets with his irons. I mean, absolutely incredible iron player. Um, short game, and I still – I don't care where he finishes in the tournament. He still has the best short game ever, and that's Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson can get out of a phone booth if he really needed to. So, personally speaking – I think it's got to be a short game for there. Um, putting was the one that I did struggle with, and I'll be honest. Um, putting is a little bit unique, and I think the reason that it's unique is because so many other factors go, obviously go into it. We only ever hear about birdies and how many putts they made for birdie. But speaking of if I'm just taking a player's ability, I still think Jordan Spieth is the best putter of the golf ball. I was, I was just – Andrew, I was just about to say Jordan – new Jordan. New yes, Jordan 2015 and Jordan of uh, of this year, I think it is is the best putter. His game, in my opinion, affected him to the point that he his putting didn't have a chance. He never he was ever around the hole to begin with that he had a chance. So that's me. Um, that those are my five. See, Again, I don't I don't know what your thoughts are, Dad, but I'd love to hear those. See, Champions Tour would have been fun to keep to to move in here. Uh, I think I think clutch. Yeah, yeah, you've all both touched on so batting third makes it easy. Clutch is, I mean, is Tiger guys to watch Tiger in two thousand and back in that era was insane how good he was. But still, clutch Tiger driving probably. I still like nobody said either. DJ. I know quietly going, creating this hall of fame career world number two now, but, and he just. Ho hums it. Ho hums it. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't you like to have that ability? Ho humming at three twenty down the middle. I got that. I got that that game. Sorry. I I cut in. Go ahead. Iron play. No, I I think Rory's probably the best, still the best driver of the ball right now. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're asking me who, who is the perfect golfer that's – or a version of that person that's out there right no, now? so you're only taking their aspects of the I game. Understand, no, no, no. I understand that. But Brooks Kapka personifies many of those facts, things, all five of those. His game is just insanely good. And I think John Rahm could be – if John Rahm – John Rahm's on. He's – Up to beat seeing him being able to keep his emotion, if he can continue to do that throughout his rest of his career, right? It'll be a different story with John Rom's career and a hundred percent. But um, number right. two here, and this yeah, what else you got? This, this is another one. Um, this was actually, and I apologize. The last one was sent from Steve out in uh, Indiana. Um, this one is from Mike down in South Carolina. He asked us, "You get the dream foursome." So it kind of goes along with it. You get to make your dream foursome. Um, I'll let you pick, basically make it a fivesome, but you get your dream foursome of four golfers to play with. Who is it and where are you playing? Now, I will preference this because I know that we're all going to say Augusta National, let's be honest. Like that's where everyone ideally would want to play. Because that doesn't make it any fun, I'm not going to – we're not going to be able to choose Augusta. We're having to choose someplace else. That's that's my one stipulation on this question just because – I feel like everyone would want to play at Augusta, so we're not going to pick there. Um, Dad, we'll go reverse order here on the batting oh. lineup. Oh, Dream foursome. Who is it? All-time golfers. I'll let you give all-time this. This is one that they did specify all-time. Um, who is it? Why? And where are you playing? Well, Tiger. Okay. Um. Ben Hogan. Okay. And wow. Um, Stuff. And you too. No, like <laughs> probably, uh, Jack, I don't know, probably Jack and uh, the, 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 the typicals, Jack and Arnie or Jack and Bobby Jones. And I'd want to play at the cradle. You want to play your 18 holes with the yep. four best golfers probably out there at the yep. cradle. Yep. 
Okay, first of all, I got to know why the foursome that you chose. Well, because well, Tiger, Tiger's Tiger, Ben Hogan. I mean, come on, Ben Hogan. Uh, Jack and Bobby Jones, just because the legends of the game, I would like to see talk to him. As for the cradle, because I'd wanted to be in a fun atmosphere, and we'd stop at the pine cone and we'd have a beverage a transfusion, and I might be able to actually hit a ball closer as well as them. So I'd have I was going to say, is there a distance related issue with this? I, and there I, is. I got my, I got my, I got my answer. I got my answer. <laughs> um, Christian, you shook your head. For the listening audience who's not watching this, and might I add something we're going to be trying to do here moving forward, folks, uh, we are going to be trying to post all of our um, podcasts also over on our YouTube channel. Um, we are being trying to be a little bit more creative here, a little bit more promoting of our other sources that you guys can be able to watch us at. So we are going to be posting these on our YouTube channel. Um, so stay tuned to that. If you are watching it on YouTube, obviously you can see his facial reaction. But Christian, you shook your head no when I said Augusta National, I have to know where in the heck you're playing and who you're playing with. So you got to rattle them off for me because it's driving me nuts. Um, obviously, Tiger, first and foremost, that's a given, right? I'm going to go John Daly because I know for a fact that we're going to have a good time on 18 holes. So he's another one that I'm picking. Okay. I'm going to go my fourth and final no, no, no. I, you, get, you get four players. Four, you're, it's basically a fivesome. I'll give you four okay. players. All right. So I got Tiger. I got Daly. You know, ah, man, I'm going to go because I want to do something different than what Alan said. Because obviously I would love to play with Jack, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan. Those are givens. But I'm going to go in the world today. I'm going to go Bryson and Brooksy. Just so you can see the battle royale. Just so I can see the battle royale. And, you and know where what? would this battle royale? Where, yeah, take where place? would this battle royale that's not Augusta? Because you were the, like, it's so like cage listening match. at home. Like, you didn't get the picture that we got. Like, he adamantly shook his head no when I said that it wasn't a it, it you know Augusta. Augusta is a great course, obviously, but I'm going to go with the Irish in me, and I'm going to go over uh, St Andrews. Wow. wow. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's a great. You know. Not only would I get blitzed on the course with John Daly, and I'd probably be whiffing the ball come 18, but it'd be a time with the, of my with life. The, with, the, with the Scottish beers over there, you're probably – Oh, my God. Yeah, it'd be the time of hurting. my life. No, we wouldn't be drinking beer. Too. I think he'd be drink, he'd be having me drink vodka straight. I'd be whiffing by nine. No, screw that. I'd be whiffing by two. <laughs> he, he, would have, he would have some fun out there. I would be interested to see who, who – and, and I, it will be, we'll, get to, we'll get that – answer here in, a, in you know a couple of weeks at the open but i'm going to be interested to see who ends up you know coming out of the hopefully a brooksy bryson final day i'm just saying i, I think it'd be great i think it'd be cool obviously um, that's not like my dream dream for some like, but like the, the match, the match is actually taking place while we're recording this on on tuesday evening the match as andrew said is taking place right now yeah. the reality is no one in the golf world like all, all four of those guys football stars golf stars Everybody in the golf world wants to see one match and one match on. Brooksy Bryson. Yep. That's it. That's it. And, and I, I think the fact that the Capital One did not – because it started brewing before they announced this, if I'm not mistaken. The fact they didn't put that together. If this isn't match five, Brooksy Bryson, they have done something horribly wrong. Yep. I think that would be great. They don't even need anybody else. No, no other celebrities need it. It's just a – it is a battle royale. Not only would that be hilarious if they did a match play event, just the two of them, they they would have to come up with a bet so funny and so humiliating for the other person. With their own money. With their yes, exactly. Like Brooksy has to play one tournament with Bryson's clubs, all the same length. That would be hilarious. Could you imagine that? Wow. Um so I'll go back, I'll go back real quick to go forward here, folks. I, my dream foursome, it's, it's gotta be a very similar one, but I got a couple of different reasons. Um, Tiger's gotta be number one. Tiger is, was my idol growing up. Tiger will always be my idol. It's one thing you, you mentioned dad, and it's something that I never really thought about until you just said it, but the two thousands tiger, I wish looking back that I was old enough to appreciate I mean, we, we grew up watching Tiger, but like we couldn't appreciate Tiger, you know, as a young kid, you can't appreciate how talented and now watching some of these guys, 
it, I mean, I, I wish I could have been there to be able to actually appreciate Tiger's talent. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, none of the, none of you said him, although I'm sure you guys probably thought of him. I, I'd want to play with the King. I think Arnie would be an absolute blast to play with. You only ever hear all these fantastic stories about how personable, how awesome he is, how fun going. I think playing with Arnie in his day would have been a freaking treat. Um, number number three has got to be Ben Hogan. Obviously, middle name's got the association there, so I have to go Ben Hogan. Um, and then number four, although there's a lot of guys from today's that I would take and consider taking, being the fan that I am, I cannot say JT without – I can't say anybody but JT. Um, JT is – the guy I pretty much have on speed dial when I follow my notifications for each tournament. So um, it's got to be him. And then the one that I'd actually want to play, and it's a little bit of a different one. Um, You mentioned cradle that I'm actually going to go around the corner and only because I haven't played it yet. And that's one of the reasons I'd want to play it is tobacco road. I've heard only phenomenal things about tobacco road as a property, tobacco road as a course, just an overall experience. If you're playing it for the first time, and to play in a dream foursome, you want to play at a course that you're going to remember playing. And so having my first round at Tobacco Road playing with those four guys would be an absolute blast and, and something that I think nobody would ever forget. So uh, those are my four. Those are obviously our four. Great. Oh, great track. And those guys, they shoot zero there. Yeah. Yeah. They, th- those guys would go low. And that would be, that would be fun. Sea, tur- sea turtle low. Yeah. Um, that being all said, obviously, thank you both for your questions. I got a bonus. Dad, I do know you have a bonus question. However, I have to throw throw this in here. Hold on. Hold on. Have to throw this in here. We want to know, though, obviously, this question did get brought up. This is a great question. I'm going to be frankly honest with you. I love this question. I think both of these questions are great. If we get to the third one and it's the same way, we'll do the third one. We want to know who your number one build of a player is. And number two, who your dream foursome, a.k.a. fivesome, and where you're playing is. Because I, I want to know what our fans are thinking. So when we post this out here, we're going to ask you guys, our fans, to also let us know in the comments. Let us know, you know, who, who those people are. That way we can be able to uh, learn more about our fans and, you know, the people that are listening. But just wanted to throw that in there. Dad, your bonus question. Go ahead. I got I, I to throw this question just to start. This is from Tim Henley. Eagle Ridge, Tim, Christian, you are a master of style. So here you go. You ready for this? A drum, drum roll, please. Wait, wait a minute. Where's my note? Oh, goodness. Is there a specific hairstyle necessary to pull off a visor? Can you get away with doing the visor with this? No. <laughs> Do you? Absolutely not. You gotta have I mean, some hair. You got. I mean, what, what's the hairstyle? You gotta have long hair on top, at least short hair on the side. They're the only, the only way that I could see the I visor working for anybody, and this is a hundred percent true, because it was proven. The only people that can do it are guys with super long hair that can slick it back like Bubba, or that rat's bird nest that Ian Poulter used to have when he used to rock the visor way back in the day, and he had the spiky hair coming out of the top. Only two ways that you can rock it. No other way. What about the I mad think, golfer? What about I, the I think the only, here? I think the only way to rock a visor is with a mullet. Mullet. Oh, come on. I'll really? think about it. I'll think about it. Come on, baby. Think about it. You got the long hair on top. You got the flow coming out the back. Hey, you know what? Regardless of what you wear on the golf course, as long as you let your sticks do the talking, who gives a shit what you wear or what hat you wear? Can like, I get that? Can I get actually? You know what? I got this recording. So when like that way, tuxedo, when you dress like up, t-shirt. That way, when you dress up in your absurdity party. outfit, the next time we play, I will have this recording, and I'll have. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have it when you dress like an absolute oh. buffoon again, and then you play like shit. Yeah, I'm gonna have it on. I'm gonna have this recorded. And I'm the one that wants to be the most vibrant pairing out there in a few weeks. I want to wear the brightest colors. I want to wear the most ridiculous shirt. I love I love wearing, but I cannot wear solid like plain old solid stuff. I have to need, always be outgoing. You know, we, you know what we need? In all seriousness, you know what we need? 
This is a shout-out to Loudmouth. We need Loudmouth pants. The John Daly special Loudmouth pants. I do have Loudmouth pants. I got two we need pairs. To get, we need to see if we can – if it's too quick of a turnaround to get Loudmouth shorts or pants for the tournament just to just be the most obnoxiously outgoing. I team. love it. I absolutely love it. I'm all in. All right, your your that job. Is my, that is my when we favorite get off, site. When we get off recording, your job is to look them up. Let me let, let us know. All right, deal. Yeah, I, we won't, I have we won't, an, we won't, I have we won't throw in our waist sizes. We won't throw uh, in our waist sizes uh, on, uh, on air, so that way we don't have my, to. My tradition, the traditionalist in me, is getting hives right now. Yeah, I have well, American flag pants. I have I'm ocean breaking out pants, a rash. Purple pants, blue blue oh, pants. Dear teal God. shorts. Can we get teal? Can we get teal? Uh, I well, already teal, have teal shorts. Teal is teal's skin corner col- uh, colors, but there we can go. do teal. I can do All teal. Right. Let's do. Let's try to find some teal shorts, and then we'll we'll figure oh, out God. the polos. Leave the outfits to me, boys. All right. That, that that's a that's a deal. All right, Tim. Well, hey, Tim. So you just heard it there. You got to have a mullet, or you got to rock the rock the, uh, the the ugly bird's nest. The, the bird's nest. That's the answer. Can't go bald. Can't do it. No, can't go bald. Can't do it. Why have the visor on at all? Well, if you go bald, let, let's put it this way: the real reason you can't go bald, let's be honest, is you're going to burn on top. I'd have a circle turn. Camel. Yeah, you, you you would be burnt on top. It would be bad. Christian's looking at loudmouth pants right now. As yeah, we speak. baby. There we go. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Folks, he's showing us photos, and this is not going to end well. Anyway, um, obviously, the match is still being played. We were hoping to have it a little bit closer to being done. Um, so we're going to move a little bit forward. Um, that being said, we did we did talk about this a little bit earlier. We're going to bring him in now. Um, our good friend... Ben Boudreaux will be joining the show here on the 19th hole. He is, as I mentioned earlier, our 2021 Kelly Cup winning championship head coach of the Fort Wayne Comments. Ben Boudreaux will be watching and joining us here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined, as I mentioned, by a good friend of the family, now Kelly Cup champion head coach, might I add, Ben Boudreaux, we had his father, Bruce, on a few shows ages ago, I think, at this point. But, Ben, welcome to the show. Congratulations, first and foremost. Happy to have you, as always. And uh, hopefully uh, the playoff beard can grow back next year because uh, it was a fun time watching you guys on social media, at least. Yeah, you know what? Like, believe me, I, I don't care if I'm talking to a street corner or if I've got an audience. <laughs> Somebody wants to ask me about this championship that we've just experienced for the last week. Um, I'll shout it from the rooftops. This has by, been by far and away one of the uh, coolest life-changing uh, moments you'll ever go through. And uh, um, I can't wait to talk about it. And at the same time, too, if you're involved in hockey, uh, you're a golfer through and through. So, I mean, uh, not short of material. So I appreciate you uh, having the opportunity to talk, to, uh, you know, inviting me on. So thank you. Well, well, before Andrew hit record, we were just talking about that. We're hockey guys. But we're golfers first and foremost. We're golfers. Yeah, this is not a hockey podcast. This is not a hockey. This po- is a hockey you know podcast. We'll, this episode. We'll talk puck. I mean, we we can talk puck. We can talk golf. We're going to talk a little bit of both. So uh, you, I I am going to go back a couple of months ago when Dad was on the show, um, Bruce Boudreau. That is uh, legendary NHL coach. He was talking a little smack about your golf game. I'm going right there, right out of the gate. Oof. You know what? It's funny. Like we're extremely competitive. You just came to visit in the conference finals and we went out to the mini putt uh, course with my three-year-old son and my wife. And I think all three of us had him beat by the 11th hole anyway. So um, <laughs> he made him give up the three of us uh, younger Boudreaux. So, I mean, I still think uh, no matter where you go, we've got such a great relationship. We talk almost every single day and uh, uh, we share both those passions, hockey and golf. And, um, you know, I just think he's got a tough time uh, relinquishing the, uh, the playing rights to his younger uh, son. So, that, so so for everybody that understands, you, you are the head coach, Fort Wayne Comets, ECHL. It's uh, minor league hockey but one of the most storied minor league teams in minor league hockey. Right. And first Calder cup or first, excuse me, first Kelly cup or first, or how many of they have they won? So the story in, in Fort Wayne is um, it's the second longest tenured minor professional hockey league team in history. The first being the Hershey bears, which I know you guys are familiar with. Oh, and, I might have uh, attended a few of those games. 
Yeah, and seven straight decades of storied success in a number of different leagues, the IHL, the Central Hockey League, the UHL, uh, always been a premier double-A, um, if not triple-A uh, league at some times, and they've had nine championships in their 68 years uh, of history prior to uh, this season. And um, I've been here four years, too, as an assistant, uh, got the job as the first rookie coach in 68 years of history last year pandemic ended our season and we were in a playoff uh, position with 10 games to go and got the chance to do it again this year and uh, just had this absolute fairy tale magical run although we were an extremely good team uh, during the regular season as well we closed it out and in front of 10,500 jam-packed screaming sold out um, second, seven decades of, of success prior to us and an unbelievable celebration of, of their first ECHL championship. And so, um, you know, I, I try to describe, but words cannot describe. It's been uh, uh, an incredible part of history that uh, you, you really won't realize until you have a chance to reflect back on. And so for somebody that knows anything about Hershey or is listening to the area, the storied success of these franchises is incredible to be a part of. So I'll, I'll, I'll say I, this, Ben. I, I will say working now in sports and being a part of the last year and a half where we've not been able to have fans and getting to see fans back in the building. That's, that's number one, but go through a little bit. Obviously you mentioned the pandemic, but a lot of people don't get to see the insides or hear the inside stories of all the day-to-day BS. Let's just put it that way that, you know, you have to go through just to have the season and then to be able to lift the cup at the end. I mean, it, it is a surreal moment nonetheless. It's, it's crazy. And every sport has gone through its challenges with, with COVID. And so for us in our league, it's a 26 team league and uh, rules varied state by state. And our league is compromised uh, um, just because they, they base solely a lot of their revenue based on ticket sales. And if you can't put people in the buildings, you can't generate revenue, you can't play, pay professional athletes. It's a bad business model. And so for us, um, our league opted to start in November with only 13 teams that uh, could could have fans in the building and generate revenue. The other 13 said, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Our state doesn't allow it. So we're going to have to wait to, to make a, a business decision. And uh, the other 13 teams um, you know, we we're all in the same boat. We had until January to decide and we were the only team out of the remaining 13 that opted to play in starting in February. So, I mean, we're at on our last lifeline, uh, you know, watching these decisions to be made and our owners took a huge financial hit making that decision. And so, um, you know, we had to go through the COVID protocols. We immediately went into a semi bubble. I mean, my wife who's pregnant, we couldn't have a babysitter over. We couldn't go be in a social circle uh, circle for anybody outside the team. We had to get tested uh, twice, a, twice a week for the no COVID. You're only allowed takeout at restaurants, can't dine in. And so the sacrifices of the day-to-day practices yeah. that you have to make not only as a team, but as a family and um, you know that's the part I don't think anybody will truly ever understand uh, uh, the, all the behind the stuff scenes for a championship it's it's the process that makes it so sweet and much like golf there's a million people that can make it successful so when you win that big tournament you win that big trophy you know in, in life it's uh, it's so gratifying not just for yourself but all the people that have helped you get to where you are at that moment in time. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm glad you hit it on it. Obviously, the testing aspect and everything like that. Again, working now in the AHL with the Rochester Americans, another storied franchise in its own right. Um, you know, there was a lot of times we, we, we joked that we were truly a, a second team of the Americans and, and doing anything and everything we could as a staff just to put the guys on the ice, even though we didn't have fans. It was walking in to do temperature checks or helping out with pushing ice. I think I've done more ice crew than I've ever will do in the rest of my career, hopefully. But um, it was definitely, it was a definitely a different year. The Benny, other that's one I, he's a, Benny, that's because he's a bender. Yeah, that is yeah. true. That is true. <laughs> um, the other thing I, I, I do got to ask though, again, going from one team to another, I was with the Rays. I was, I gotta be honest. It was, it was really heart wrenching trying to decide who to root for. Well, Ben was with the Rays. But you were with the Rays, you know. I played there. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
what's what how did that feel going up against an old team that you used to play for did it make it any sweeter did it make it any more surreal what what was that for for our listening audience to, to be honest like i mean listen i i played in 2009 for this the chart um south carolina stingrays and you know had a great time and everything there but i was never a really great hockey player to be honest like i got there i played but i was never a legend nobody's gonna write books about my performance or anything but i was always smarter than i was ever talented and having the opportunity to play i was extremely grateful for and you know seeing them 11 years uh you know, later, well, 12 years later in the finals. I mean, yeah, the, the, there's so many storylines that, you know, go into, you know, the, the finals that, to be honest, like my history there wasn't one of them. Like it did not matter one iota. I mean, we wanted to beat the crap out of them just for the sake of that we were the Fort Wayne Comets. This is our time. You know, I don't care about it. I mean, one of the guys we had on our team is Justin Vive, and he was uh, the son of uh, former Leafs captain Rick Vive. And Rick Vive got his first coaching victory in South Carolina and, uh, you know, in the, the lower 2000s. And Justin grew up in South Carolina. But screw those guys. This is our story. We're writing about Fort Wayne. We care about South Carolina. This is about us. You know, so to be honest, yeah, no, we got extremely selfish and greedy when it just came to uh, making sure that we only cared about what uh, what we were doing at the time. And we didn't need any extra motivation when you're playing in, in front of our type of audience. And it's uh, it's I, I was trying to describe it. it. It must have been the best atmosphere I've ever been involved in. I've ever seen or witnessed in a, a hockey sporting event in general, in all of American minor league sports, it was absolutely incredible. So um, can't tell you how lucky I am to be a part of it. I know Christian's got a question, but you, you, wait a minute. You're telling me books aren't going to be written about you? I mean, the old man's got you one up on that one. <laughs> he's He's got a lot more stories. than <laughs> He does have stories. <laughs> there's no question. And I've been coaching pro hockey now. <laughs> there's been some great times. And if I'm if I have one ounce, the, the kind of success that he had, I mean, it's uh it's a great career. And I was chirping him the other day though. This is, you know, like this. So my dad was a former Fort Wayne Comet player. The team I coach now, he retired. He went else to coach and he came back as the coach in his second year. And so um, when he came back, he won coach of the year right in his very first year with Fort Wayne. And then he spent 30 games coaching him the next year and got fired. So he got fired right after being the coach of the year. And this is, I think in 95 or 96. And so um, then he got hired in Mississippi in the ECHL and he coached for three years and won a championship in his, in his three years. And so the comments back in the day when my father was there was in the IHL and, you know, he'll tell me he's been there, he's done it, but um, I said, well, yeah, you, it took you three years in the ECHL to win your first championship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, he wants to talk shit. I got some, uh, <laughs> got some <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. no. So yeah, real quick. So I'm, um, you know, like we alluded to earlier, obviously I, I, I know, I don't know what it takes to obviously win a championship. I've never been part of a championship team, but, you know, being, um, you know, I was actually having this conversation with Tuck a few actually months back when he won the uh, bean pot when he was at Boston college, um, you know, and it just goes to show you like, you know, the grind that it takes to, to go in there and win a championship or even just win a game itself. Like obviously golf is, you know, a, a little different than uh, in hockey because golf's just a, it's a single sport right? a single individual sport as opposed to hockey where you have a team. And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, golf's a phenomenal sport and we always allude to it every single week. I don't know how much you watch golf. I don't know if you watch it week in and week out, but we always talk about how good golf as a, as a whole is, is, is in a great spot right now. And same with hockey. I mean, obviously watching the, the finals right now, I mean, I'm glued to the TV and I, I was never a big hockey guy growing up, obviously, but, um, you know, now the off season's here for you. I mean, how often are you going to get out and play? Man, I'll tell you this, like, as, you know, especially for a golf podcast, like I, if I could inject it into my veins, <laughs> I'm a diehard. Like, I love it. I was never <clears throat> great at golf and growing up and in my late 20s, 
Um, I really started getting into it in my early 30s. I started getting a lot better at it. And last year, the pandemic hit and canceled their season in March and got a membership at a local uh, place for the first time ever. And I think I ended up playing almost 100 rounds, got my handicap down to a six. Um, you know, it was pretty crazy. I entered the local city tournament. I've never played competitive golf outside of, you know, beating my buddies for some bets, you know, going back home or whatever. But I said, you know what? Like I got the handicap down. I'm playing a lot of golf and playing extremely well. And, um, I entered into the city tournament and, uh, um, you've got to uh, shoot, uh, you know, whatever the score is to be able to be entered. And the, the tournament was held at my home course that year. And so I thought I had a really good chance, but you had to go out and play the qualifier. So, um, you know, I decided to enter and try my first hand at uh, competitive golf. I've played competitive pro hockey, I coach com competitive pro hockey. I mean, with unbelievable stages, tens, ten, like 10,000 plus fans, the whole nine. And so, I started out really well last year in the tournament and we're talking about, uh, you know, competing in different sports and stuff, but I was one under through my first five holes and I'm feeling good because you just got to make, I think, a shoot an 83 or something. I got five holes in, I'm, I'm one under, I'm feeling really good. And so um, the next, uh, it was the first shot I actually missed. Like I didn't feel good about it. I was trying to play defense and I was so worried about putting up worse scores and, you know, so the sixth hole came and I bogey the next one you bogey. And it was just, I couldn't get off it because my mental game couldn't regroup and be in the moment for that next shot. I kept worrying about the end end aspect. And I found myself so mentally unwinding uh, that I couldn't get it back. And I birdied 17, 18 and um, I, w I didn't make the cut. Uh, I ended up being tied for the cut or something. And I left and there was a playoff and I didn't even know. And anyway, so I was disappointed because my all my competitive playing hockey uh, career, I thought it was good enough to be able to make the local city tournament, at least the qualifying and definitely had the ability, but I didn't have the mental strength with the golf game. And it's because I was such an amateur. I'd never done it before. I never competed. And, you know, like I couldn't believe how strong mentally you've got to be if you're a pro if you're john rom if you're dj if you're you know the boys in these huge tournaments with the weight of the world on your shoulders it's there's such an appreciation for somebody not just to have the talent to play but to be able to stand the, the mental wherewithal to be able to stay present and compete so benny you uh you obviously are, are a big fan of golf obviously it's um very apparent based on the answer but I got to ask, the match is going on. I don't know if you've gotten to watch it with uh, Phil and all of them, because I know you said you were, you were a little busy today. So yeah. we have to ask the question, though. Who is your favorite guy that you like to watch? And we've just posted it on our own social media. I got to get your take on this. They asked on the air who the next match needs to be. And we posted on, on Twitter that we said it's got to be what golf has been asking for all along. It's got to be the Brooks. <laughs> Bryson match and Brooks is playing with Shooter McGavin. Bryson's playing with Happy Gilmore. What's your take? <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't have painted a better picture. There's no <laughs> question. If everybody wants it, give it to them. You know, like pay-per-view that, make the money. Everybody would be dying to see something like that. It would be TV gold, I think. You know? Throw that, throw that out on pay-per-view even. I guarantee <laughs> you can spend money for that. Absolutely. I would 1,000% spend money on that. You don't have a better suggestion. Watch Adam Sandler show up with a T-shirt and say, price is wrong, bitch. No, yeah. he's going to have, he's gonna have the, the Bruins uh, jersey on and his jumpsuit orange uh, sweatpants that he's wearing. But, yeah. but you have to get Bryson. you got to get the Bryson Brooks. I, like, I love what he does on the tour. He just annoys me. I don't know. He, just, he annoys me. Brooks annoys me, too, but I like the rivalry. You know, I think that's pretty cool. I like we, the. We had a, we also had a debate la a couple of weeks back at this point now too of uh, who would win in a cage match one on one with those guys because those guys look like they're getting closer and closer to fisticuffs each and every single week. It seems like with some shade that they're throwing. <laughs> Both of them are jacked. Neither one of them <laughs> want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, who knows, you know, throw them to the wolves and find out it's great entertainment, but I know this, I wouldn't stand a chance against either one of them. So, <laughs> so we're going to bow out gracefully is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't want to 
in case they eventually end up watching this. But uh, <laughs> you just see sending them out as an enforcer, their coach. <laughs> I put them on skates and take them on my team. I'll tell you that. Like a, it'd be like the movie Goon, but in real life. Oh, that's all it would be. <laughs> the uh, the last kind of question I got to ask, though, for you. Um, you've obviously played a lot of different courses. Curious, we always talk about on the show, um, you know, top five courses or the, tra- the travel to destination courses that we'd love to play in. What's your top five or what's some courses that maybe some people may not have heard of that are out your way or some places you've been? I've got a lot of uh, great experiences in my life. I've been fortunate to play hockey and travel in a lot of different areas. Um, my father's been lucky with the same and I, I've uh, uh, been able to kind of uh, pick off some <laughs> pick of uh, uh, some extras from him. But we lived uh, 1.8 miles from Congressional, which held the 2011 oh, yeah. And my dad was asked to, to play the one time and I was going to caddy for him. And the pro asked me to play like three weeks before that open in 2011. And, you know, it was just a, one of the best experiences of my life. Shot 150 or something. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Was that, was was that, John, was that Johnny Lieberger? Lieberger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the three of us, we were with the Washington Post and stuff like that. But the course, the history, it was, I mean, that's, that's in my top five for sure. Um, I, I, play, I played that now even going back further i played that after the open they had there one year the rough was like eight inches for the open i played yeah. it a week later it was down to four inches and i think i shot like 82 because we played all the way back and it was the greatest round of golf i'd ever played in my life it is that the congo is a tough golf course i i remember going through it too with the paper at the time like they're they wanted to do with my dad. He was the coach of the Capitals at the time in Washington. The newspaper said, why don't you preview the course for the U S open? And, you know, they were asking him about every hole and everything. And, um, there, and the, the and John Lieberger was explaining, well, this is regularly a par five, but we're moving the T blocks back 70 yards and we're turning it into a par four. And I was like, my God, you know? And so it was, it was a crazy kind of thing. So close to a, a major tournament that, uh, it, it made that for the experience, uh, that much more, a little bit sweet. And um, anybody that's listening, I think some of the best golf, the most underrated golf um, is, is in Canada uh, because the, the topography in Canada, there, there's, there's so much uniqueness about it. Um, the Canadian shield in Ontario um, is probably where I would start for rounding out a couple more courses. Uh, we always call it the top hundred tour in Muskoka because they've got some of the best courses cut out into the natural granite of the Canadian shield and in heavy wooded dense, um, you know, hilly, hilly courses, Muskoka Bay is a top 10 ranked uh, course that's always on the top of my list or a lot of the club link courses with Rocky Crest and Grandview and Taboo, they're all within an hour of each other. So if you ever, I would just call that Muskoka, uh, Ontario, every course in there. I mean, it just feels like a, an unbelievable hidden gem just because of how beautiful the area is. So you ever get a chance to golf in Muskoka, which yes, is expensive, but you ever get a chance to do that in Ontario. It's, uh, it's worth every single dime. Well, how about right over the border, Andrew? Andrew, I know he knows where I'm going with this. You got Whirlpool right over the the border there. Uh, legends. You got Legends, and then I'll, the, I'll the oldest the oldest yeah. golf course in North America in the same spot, Niagara on the Lake. Nine, nine hole course. Nine I, holes and challenging little golf course. I honestly, I grow. I grew up in Niagara. I went to high school in Niagara. I lived off Lakeshore Road, where my mother was a, a member in Niagara uh, at the, the the old course. And the history is so great. The 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 Canadian Gulf. I mean, especially in Ontario, there's no shortage of um, just everything beautiful. And I've had the opportunity to golf some extremely beautiful golf courses in the United States, and um, you're going to find them anywhere you look hard enough to. But I think. Canada is so underrated. I mean, it's just such a, a great place because there's just uniqueness to the way that everything's laid out, um, you know, and, and I'll stay with that too, because I've also got a chance to live out West in the Canadian Rockies. And um, for anybody that's a golf fan, you'll know the difference between desert golf and valley golf and, you know, mountain golf or, you know, like if you're Midwest or you're down south and you're in the Bermudas. And I mean, there's a, a million different styles, but, you know, mountain golf is some of my favorite 
um, golf in general and got a chance to play some unbelievable courses in the Rockies uh, too in, in Alberta and um, just anywhere in Banff, Alberta or Jasper or the, the ma- I mean, it's a major tour stop, but you will never get better views or better opportunities to, to play some just gorgeous gorgeous holes with the natural Rockies and the evergreens and the, the natural wildlife. You'll have bear or elk or bald eagles or, you know, every majestic creature you can imagine walking through the, the fairways, which I think is um, just a really, really cool thing. So I definitely um, can, I definitely can appreciate at least from what I can see again, obviously it's two totally, you know, different areas in general speaking, but you know, seeing like, again, just watching just briefly the match that tonight going on out in big sky country in Montana and seeing some of the mountain ranges that they got out there and then implementing it into, you know, the Albertas of Canada and up up there where the gorgeous views you already had to begin with. I mean, I can't imagine how impeccable that golf must be. I mean, the, just the backdrop and everything combined. Yeah, it's, it's, unbelievable and there's a lot of mountain golf you're lucky i mean if you get a chance to really play up in the mountains in western canada i mean you won't go wrong with almost any course that you pick and i mean there's there's tons that are obviously great but uh yeah it's the backdrop it's it's the land that you can't come uh can't even come close and um and if i'm rounding out my top five i'll say this a month ago i got a really lucky chance we ended our regular season in utah i knew the pro out at the talisker club at the two hay resort which is ranked number one in all of utah of new resorts and um the course out there at the talisker club it's private up in the mountains i felt like i was friggin' bryson though because we were six thousand <laughs> up in the air and you know i was throwing 350 yard drives down will a downhill downwind <laughs> but you're already so far up in the mountain that you know like uh i get home and the same drive is only going 240 <laughs> so yeah i'd like to get 240 again um yeah. by the way anybody that was listening that last segment was sponsored by the canadian tourism department conference of uh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i'm gonna finish in the states and i'll and i'll say this and too, I mean, same thing. Everybody's got their favorite state and every, everything. Uh, and it, I think the Hershey Golf and Country Club um, is I one of gonna say that. <laughs> the best, like, just places to be. I mean, I think the people make it so much sweeter and everybody knows when they have a special connection somewhere, it means that much more to them. And, um, you know, it's it's my dad's second home ever since 2005. He just bought a, whole, a home on the, the second hole there and we always play the member guest. And it's just a, it is an unbelievable course in a very unique city and the people are unbelievable. And um, it's one of my favorite courses to play in all the U.S. So I, so the, so many moons ago when I actually could play, I, I played on the West course and I think I was five under after the first four holes there. And I think I shot like, I don't know, 78. I mean, it was, it was, he turned it around quickly uh, in the wrong direction, but, the, but Hershey country club is amazing. The West course, the history coming up on that par three, I think it's number five or six where Hershey's mansion is. Yeah, and looking at the smokestack of the factory, it's it's it is it's something special. The smell of chocolate, it's a really cool, unique experience. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty cool, you know. My wife's eight months pregnant and everything. I don't know if I'll get a chance to uh, go and play there this summer, but uh, it always holds a special place in your heart. So it's a pretty cool thing. Awesome. Well, Ben, don't want to take up too much of your time. You've already obviously been a great and awesome guest for us. Um, greatly appreciate you stopping by as always. You're always invited back. I will say we do have some merch going your way, so I'll get your uh, address after if that's okay, so that way you can be able to to rock our uh, stuff out there. But uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, this was Ben Boudreaux, again, 2021 Kelly Cup champion, head coach of the Fort Wayne Comets, and we are great to have him on our show. So thanks again. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Guys, great having Benny. And previous few months ago, his father, uh, Bruce, uh, I mean – hockey uh, royalty right there and i think uh, positive good genetics he wore, wore off on ben andrew guy knows how to coach <laughs> guy definitely knows how to coach um i know that uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that will hopefully make the 
climb through the ranks very, very oh, shortly. He is up and coming, and uh, people should be taking notice because he will be moving up quickly. I joked on, on air about Canadian tourism. They don't sponsor us, but I do have to echo I agree with him. There are some great tracks. Stanley Thompson uh, designed some great tracks in the Niagara Peninsula. Uh, if you have never – you're looking for a golf trip, don't go – you don't necessarily have to go south. Go north. There's some really good locations up there. But who does sponsor us is our good friends Survivor over. Oh, I was going to say our good well, friends over at Perfect Practice, but we can go. Perfect there. Practice, yeah, you do. Well, I'll say this: our good friends over at Perfect Practice. I will say this also: if you do go up north, you need because of the altitude as well as all the elemental changes with the mountain ranges. You definitely need to be able to putt well because there's some pretty slopes, uh, slopey greens out there. So. We can't talk about rolling the rock and we can't talk about um, putting well without bringing up our good friends over at Perfect Practice Putting Mats. They are now the official putting training aid of GTL, uh, Golf Talk Live in the 19th Hole podcast. These mats are the realest of deals. And if you're looking to get better at putting, you need to try them out right now. They work for the best players in the world like Dustin Johnson. So they're going to work for you too. They come in three main sizes, all the way from their compact edition up to their XL version that stretches up to 15 feet when fully extended. So if you're looking to get better at your practice and get your practice in now, use our code GTL15. Again, that's code GTL15 for 15% off your mat today. Again, if they're good enough for the best players in the world like Dustin Johnson and get him getting better, they're going to be sure enough and good enough to work for you. Try them out today. But also need to be able to hit the ball straight and be able to hit the ball well, which brings up our other good friends I over just, the Survivor Series. I was, I was just going to say, if you're if you're uh, Ben Boudreaux and you're playing out west and you're hitting those 350-yard drives and you maybe want to hit it a little bit further, got to go with the Survivor Golf Tape. It's got the lowest ball spin rate, the greatest overall distance, maximum ball speed, and the reason is because of their center prong technology with external balancing prongs provides the least amount of friction between the golf ball and the golf tee. The height gauge allows for consistent tee depth consistency. Christian, as you know, is a very important thing to have. And it's the most advanced performance golf tee made today with the longest roll rollout made with engineered grade polymer. It's in my bag because I need to go from 225 yards to 235 yards when playing with you guys. So Christian, final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts for me is obviously, guys, continue to follow us on social media. Uh, greatly appreciated. We want to interact with you guys and, and as much as we physically can. So keep asking us questions. Keep uh, following us and supporting us on this journey. Um, you know, anything we can do to get better, please obviously let us know. Um, excited to see you boys in a few weeks. To, uh, to obviously tee it up when that golf tournament uh, and go from there. Obviously, thanks again for Ben for coming on the show. It was greatly appreciated. And um, we'll see you guys next week. And that's all we need to say. Andrew, he said it all for us. You Christian, hit it long and straight. Because <laughs> it, it beats Andrew hitting it short and crooked. True. <laughs>